You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hey, y'all. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Hey. Okay. Hey, y'all. Um, happy almost Valentine's. I'm like in between mute and listening, but I'm still ready for this topic. I have dinner plans tonight, so I stepped aside to like be able to join in and then go back and forth to dinner. Oh, we not that important now. No. <laughs> no, I mean, but this is a good topic. So I feel like I just, yeah, I just need to add value to the conversation. But. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but I'm happy to be here. And when I tell y'all the conversation we're about to have, at least what I think we're about to have, is the same conversation that's going on with this dinner party. It became like a, I don't know how to describe it, but it's cool people sitting together, sipping and smiling and talking about Black love in ways that would make it seem like we're recording a documentary, but we're really not. <laughs> so I'm thinking that same energy will flow into this call. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. And I'll give it just one more minute. We'll get started at 9.05. So, Anthony, cue the music. No, I'm just kidding. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Thank you, Anthony, for the music. I have to remember that um, when we first come on. Make sure you hear a little early. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. And as people trickle in, we'll just keep the conversation going. But welcome to Fin Noir, a space for Black money talk. We do this every Monday at 9 p.m. Uh, just to hold space for us. My name is Tiffany, and I run Money Talk with Tiff, which is a financial education platform. It's a blog. It's a podcast. Um, and my co-host, Rakim. My name is Rakim Sabri. I cover financial trauma and financial empowerment for people who look like me. And I run the Overcoming Financial Trauma podcast and newsletter, which today I sent out my first paid post. So I'm super excited about that. Um, I have an audience of about 800 subscribers who are mostly subscribed for free. I think I have three people who are paying me. Um, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to pull the trigger and and uh, send the paid post for the people who deserve it and support me in my um my endeavor. So shameless plug. Uh, I will introduce Anthony next. Well just wanna say that uh my name is Anthony and I am the host of the About That Water podcast where we help you build strong financial habits. Uh, for those of you who have been through uh, physically uh, abused and those of you who are just trying to look out of that uh, that new venture for yourself. And that's what we're here to do, help you build those strong financial habits. All right. You get on my nerves. <laughs> the theme music, really? We're going to do that every week now. <laughs> All right, Jay. <laughs> Anthony, I love it. I like the theme music. Give us the energy. Hey, everybody. I am Jay Stevens. And look, okay, new brand alert. Burr, 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 burr. I don't have sound effects. So I'm going to make them with my mouth. Um, just what that was but um, my brand was my wealth journey for about a year and a half and I have officially changed it over to rich like my melanin don't worry about trying to make t-shirts out of it I already got it and the patent office already knows about it so don't if you see somebody trying to put rich like my melanin on a coffee mug just tell them to go to my website um, and so at rich like my melanin we transform 
complex finance concepts into easy and actionable plans. I am so happy to be here because this is just a dope group of people and I love our conversation. Um, so I'm looking forward to this special edition. And I am going to hand it off to Nia. Hopefully she's, if I keep talking long enough, the little burb under her uh, will go from listener to speaker. So it can be this smooth transition. And I'm just going to keep going along until Nia is able to speak. Hopefully, maybe. I think, I don't think she's speaking tonight. Aww. She said she was just going to listen. Okay. Um, but I did send um, Tamika a speaker thing. I don't know if you want to speak tonight or not. Um, but if you do, pop on up. So while we're waiting, oh, Anthony, did you want to say something? No, but I do got the horns for you, though, Jay. I got you. My people! New, 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 new. Hot newness. Rich like my melanin. Happy Black History Month. I love it. Wait, Anthony, we need that at the very beginning. You know, um, uh, the Beyonce song, which should be like, when I walk up in the club, I need the sirens going off. <laughs> That's how I want to walk up in here with the sirens going off. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean we we the co-host. We need we need entrance music. Like, come on now. <laughs> I'm so done. All right, Stephen, did you want to introduce yourself? Sure. It's it's been a bit since I've been on. Uh, my name is Stephen Stack. I'm a debt-free millionaire uh, since age 31, and I look to help people along the journey of building wealth holistically. All right. Thank you. Thank you. So um, Jay kind of prefaced us a little bit, but tonight we'll be going over um, since tomorrow's Valentine's Day. So if you didn't do what you were supposed to do and get your gifts and whatnot, go ahead and hop on that. This is your reminder. But um, we'll get, we're going to be talking about money and dating. Uh, so, or maybe it might go past dating. We'll see how the conversation goes. So, who would like to start us off? Anybody? Anybody have anything that are like must haves or things that they don't want in their partner? Uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll start. Um, I think one thing that's really important, um, is. And something that I'll, I'll say often uh, is y- you don't obviously need to agree on everything, but you, you at least want to be pulling the rope in the same direction. Uh, and, and so like the, the mental picture that, that I think of is like tug of war. Um, and if, if we're talking about, cause I know we doing, you know, Finn Noir, black money talk. Uh, so if we're talking financially, you do want to be financially compatible of having some level of synergy in how you view uh, building from a monetary standpoint. Because if you don't, I mean, the problem is money is so it's so central to everyday life decisions uh, from where, where do you, where do you want to stay? Like, you know, what type of place do you want to stay? Do you, do you want to buy a home? Do you want to rent? What part of town do you want to live in? Um, Or, you know, I mean, and obviously if we're progressing things towards marriage, 
Uh, do you want your kids to be in public school? Do you want them to be in private school? Uh, like, what are the things of life that you value? Are you a giver? Uh, are you a saver? Are you an investor? Are you a spender? Like, there's there's just so many aspects of life, love, and money that it's it's like you're 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 already behind the eight ball relationally if if you're not at least going in the same direction. I definitely agree with that for sure. Like you gotta have, you know how the Bible says equally yoked, at least be on the same page. I completely agree with that. Um, Anthony. Yeah, I was saying is um thinking that because when I was getting married, well, before I even got married, I was thinking to myself, it's like, what do I really want for myself? And at the time, I was just thinking that I want somebody to at least understand the basics of saving, um, the basics of being able to control your own bills, pay your own rent. You know, you pay for everything that you can do uh, on your own in a sense where I'm not needed. So more than likely, I wanted to be wanted than needed and not to worry about the physical side of the house. And that was the most important thing for me uh, get into a relationship because you can't handle your basic stuff. I'm not there to pay your bills. Like I can understand like we were together, we got married and things happen, but not to say like on a day to day, like you can, I know you can pick yourself up. Like I'm not there to support your, your lifestyle. If that makes sense. No, that makes complete sense. And I agree. Um, I guess just from a, my perspective and standpoint, like you have to be able to have some type of income and pay bills. Cause I already have kids. I don't need another child to take care of to be real. Um, so yeah. Uh, Jay. Yeah. Um, so when I picture this and I have to add the context that I'm single, so I don't want to be one of those people that's like, I got it all figured out because I had things figured out for myself, but I'm in no way about to be, you know, writing a self-help book on relationships um, right now. But I think sometimes the diff- I look at the maturation of what happened in my 20s and what I thought was important. And now that I'm well into my 30s and much closer to like the late 30s zone of what's important and what's valued in a relationship and what needs to be done. <clears throat> and I think some of the areas that stand out for me at this point are what is your mentality towards all of this? So if you have a lot of debt, that to me isn't necessarily a thing, but like what do you do to get to that point? And what are you doing to manage it? Um, to answer me something before, like how are you actually taking care of this on your own versus are you expecting somebody else to come in and take care of it for you? So being aware of someone's spend versus save mentality. Um, I also think it's important to have the, the discussion, not to say that there's one right answer for everybody, but to have the discussion on having a joint account and then having a separate account. So like, are you having a joint account to take care of bills? And then you're having also another joint account for juniors, college fund and vacations and things like that. But then you have just your separate account where you all can do whatever you want and you don't have to try to justify it or is everything in one account. Um, also, what is your, what are your thoughts on a prenup? Is that something that is mandatory or something that you get, but then after seven years it dissolves? So it's more of being comfortable having those kind of conversations 
Um, and even when it's just dating, there's topics that come up of like, who has to pay? I don't know why this is a conversation. It's one of those things that like, people love to talk about on Twitter. And it just comes, it's like, we, it's in a chokehold to have these dumb conversations about what somebody's supposed to do in a relationship. But like, if they ask you on the date, do they have to pay? Or should a guy always pay on the first date? It's just so many ridiculous rules. But I think it's more important to understand someone's mentality and be able to have a discussion than to say I'm automatically canceling someone because they have too much debt or because they didn't pay on the first date or something like that. Ooh, all the hands went up. Okay, triggered. Did I hit some nerves? <laughs> no, I was just gonna, um, you know, just from my experience, right? I probably will never combine finances ever again just because I had a bad experience. And I just feel like it would go a lot smoother if that wasn't the case. Like, don't get me wrong. You can do it with the right person. Um, so like my grandparents, for instance, let's take them. They were married 50 plus years and they always combined everything. You know, everything was joint. Right. And so I tried to model that after that and that didn't quite work out. So I don't think for me um, that would be the route to go. But I also wanted to bring up one red flag that I've learned <laughs> that I'm going to be looking, you know, potential suitors in the future um, is not opening your mail. Like, I feel like that for me is a big red flag at this point, because that means you may not be paying your bills or you might have some bill collectors and stuff. And there's a reason why you're not opening your mail. Um, but anyway, that could just be trauma. <laughs> Um, anyway, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you want to start diving into red flags now, but <laughs> um, one of the things that came up was um, that pricked my ears up a little bit when you start talking about the, the prenup and the postnup side of the house. That was something that my wife and I, we discussed, I would say, within the first three dates um, because you know, I was completely in debt. I didn't have anything. I was like, bro, like I ain't got nothing. <laughs> like, I'm completely broke, but I was telling her that I'm planning to pay off my student loans. These are the things that I've got in place. So I am handling mine. And that was one of the things that we decided to not combine our finances. I refused to combine mine with hers, um, mostly because was what I came in with is what I want to also, in case something happens, I don't want it to be tied into hers while I'm still going through my season loan debt. Um, and then with her, she can just go out and do a business. I know we were talking, um, talk with Rob from Family Abide about this, um, because on the religious side of the house, they do tell you like, hey, what's, uh, what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. So it becomes an hours thing. And having that understanding that, you know, hey, we're supposed to do everything together. I don't like that um, because in case you want, well, if you just want to go out and buy them a secret present, you really don't have that flexibility to do that because you're sharing everything. Um, case in point, like it's Valentine's Day, you know, they know you went to uh, Victoria's Secrets or something. I don't know where they go, but it's one of those things. I like chocolate. So I buy myself chocolate. She doesn't like chocolate. So I get her like balloons or socks or something, but that's how we operate. And to keep it simple and just keep it separate. That's my take on it. So, and I yield. <laughs> Real quick, 
somebody get Anthony some chocolate because he was talking about it on his podcast, well, his live on YouTube um, last Wednesday when I was on it, and he was talking about how he likes chocolate um, for Valentine's Day. So somebody get Anthony some chocolate because uh, this is like the tenth time I didn't heard that. <laughs> and I love chocolate too, so we can go out and buy some chocolate and just eat chocolate all day. <laughs> yeah, we were right there together. I got you. <laughs> Right. Um, so anyway, uh, Stephen. <laughs> I've just been laughing on mute this whole time. Um, so I think I think where I was going to touch just to kind of give people a different way of of thinking is um, w- whether someone is uh, for or against a prenup. I think it's or, or postnup. I think it's important for people to understand that you you have one whether you have established one or not. And what I what I mean by that is you're subject to whatever the laws or, or setup is where where you live, you know, where you set things up uh, in getting married. Um, so I think that's helpful of a way to to think about that conversation is is to not necessarily look at it as you are planning to separate um because whether whether you do or you don't there is a plan that is in place if you split uh and and it's just a matter of if you're going to actively play a part in setting that plan uh with with whomever you're with as far as in divvying up things um so I, I I thought about that when uh, when Jay was speaking earlier of just wanting to clarify that for people that are listening and and I know there's a lot of negative uh, things tied to that which uh, which I very much get um, but especially I mean I've worked with uh, with people who have a significant amount of wealth and. And like, I understand the dynamic uh, at play when, when they're talking through this stuff. Cause a lot of times mm-hmm. people think of prenup as just purely uh, I'm keeping everything. You ain't getting nothing or, or you are keeping everything and I ain't getting nothing. And really, if, if you're going down that path, it's collaboratively agreeing to, Hey, if things go left, this this is what we'll look to do and put it on paper. I like how you put that, Stephen. Like you already have an agreement whether you have an agreement or not. Um, I think that's a perfect way to bring that conversation up. Um, I don't know who, I think you all both raised your hand at the same time. Uh, so I don't know who wants to go first. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you can go first. No, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, so I'd recently just released the episode with Tracy Conan, Conan, um, and uh, Tiffany also interviewed her as well. Um, but one of the things that we talked about, or at least on my show, was the the concept of having that discussion about uh, divorce early on, while everybody's excited, things not wrong yet. Let's go on to have that discussion um, for the prenup. Now, me and my wife, we actually talking about having our post-nup process. So I do got to find a lawyer for that. 
Um, but also it's like we already understand that marriage is a business when it comes down to it. Um, it's the epitome, like if you think that's the epitome of a business. So when you're separating, you're breaking that bond uh, between partners, um, you know, from the financial side of the house. That's really what it is. Um, who's getting what assets? Are you going to buy the other person out of the house? Like these are the conversations that are had um, doing divorces. And, you know, sadly like to say, but my brother's actually going through one right now and that's what he's dealing with. Um, so it's actually interesting to see so much is going through this and financial side of the house because they did not have that prenup or postnup uh, in place. So now they have to deal with all this stuff, dealing with the kids involved, dealing with the house, dealing with how they deal with maintenance for stuff, uh, dealing with the kids' insurances and so forth. You know, this is actually a business. So I say marriage, you have to treat it like one, um, regardless if you like it or not. But in on paper, it has to be written out. And I think it's best to have that clear and concise but look at the prenup and postnup as insurance. Like you don't look to have an accident, but when you have one, you're glad that you have that insurance. You don't look to have a divorce, but when somebody steps out, you'll be glad that you had that stuff in writing, your insurance for that marriage. So, um, I, yeah, but that's what I wanted to say on that part. Thank you, Anthony. And yeah, I'm definitely team something up <laughs> you need something because the legal process is long and it's um, tedious and it's a mess so just y'all if you're thinking about marriage or you're already married it might be something you want to have uh Rakim? yeah you know anthony as i was listening to you talk and comparing marriage to business i was thinking about the role of an operating like when you actually start a business and I just thought it was really interesting. Like, you know, I have all these little, uh, brain connections firing off right now because I was like, man, like that's, that's literally the same thing. Like when you go into business, you don't go into business with the expectation that your business is going to fail, but you go into business knowing that there's a possibility that your business can fail, particularly if you're going into business with a partner. And so outlining what, the dynamics of ownership and um, leverage and debt and profitability and all that stuff makes a lot of sense when you look at it from a marriage perspective. So I appreciate that insight. Um, what I wanted to jump on and say was um, to Jay's point earlier that there is so much conversation happening on the social medias and the internet and everywhere else around who should be doing what and particularly the dialogue around bank accounts that um interestingly enough last week there's um somebody i follow his name is dr preston cherry he is a certified financial therapist certified financial planner accredited financial counselor and a phd heavily credentialed and um we met at fta's conference last year and he had shared a post that was basically giving options like how should your bank accounts be structured as a married couple? Everybody get their own accounts. Everybody have joint accounts. Everybody have um, joint accounts, but limited access or what works for you in your marriage. 
And so the dialogue that was had around that post was, of course, that personal finance is personal and that what works for people individually works for people individually. And so it really kind of like squashes the whole beef around, well, we should have the joint accounts versus, you know, we should have the independent accounts. And I think, Tiffany, you were the one who said it earlier. A lot of that, um, a lot of those hard stances do come from a place of trauma. Like if I was to go ask my mom, hey, mom, I'm thinking about getting married. Should we have joint accounts or should we have separate accounts? My mom would absolutely tell me that there should be separate accounts. Like <laughs> in no way should we have joint accounts because she had a bad experience where the accounts were joint and there were differences in, you know, strategy and approach to how money was managed. Um, but I have seen in my banking career couples who had joint accounts with no problem. And this last story I'll tell you and then I'll yield. I sat down with a couple. Um, this was years ago, so I'm still in the in branch banking. This is like within my first six years of banking. Older white couple, wealthy. Sat down with them, looking at all their accounts. Each one of their accounts has the other person's name on it. But what they share with me was that when they got into their marriage, he came in with his own money. She came in with her own money. And they said, his assets are his assets. My assets are my assets. He could do what he wants to do with his money. I could do what I want with my money. But we both are on those accounts and we can both see them. And what I learned from seeing tragic experiences occur in the banking world as far as access goes when the significant other passes away is that if their names were not on that account or they were not listed as a beneficiary, they had a hard time getting access to that money. And so if we're talking about a couple hundred, a couple thousand dollars, that's one thing. If we're talking about commanding a large amount of wealth, 100,000 plus in one account um, or multiple accounts, that's a different story. And so to eliminate the headache, what they did was simply add each other to the accounts. If one of them passed away, they could continue carrying on business as usual. So I shared all that to just kind of shed light on some different perspectives based off of what I've seen. But as we talk about like this whole concept of couples and money, um, I think that it's important to just give the reminder that personal finance is personal. And even if that exists outside of the realm of you as an individual, your relationship and how you manage your relationship behind the scenes, financially, otherwise, is also personal. And so that's going to look different for everybody. Yeah, thank you, Rakim. And I want to hit on just really quickly uh, back to Anthony's point about it being a business, because like as we were having a dialogue and I was thinking through it, like when you have an LLC as like a partnership, right? you want to go in with a operating agreement because that spells out, you know, who does what, you know, all of the different things about the business. So there's no confusion. So that's kind of like in my mind now, how I'm looking at prenups, it's like an operating agreement um, for your finances. Uh, and then I also just wanted to bring up kind of a counterpoint to the last thing. Can y'all hear me? Cut out for a little bit, but I'll okay. um, I want to I want to say just a quick counterpoint, and that is okay. Even if you in you all's minds, you know, a couple, and they're like, okay, 
we have separate account. Like we do whatever we want with our account, but we're going to keep each other's name on it. The only issue I can see happening with that is if one person, let's say they like to overdraft and stuff. And now the other person is held liable for that account as well. So um, like I said, could be trauma talking, but it's just something to be aware of too. Uh, so I just want to go to family abide now. Hey, how you doing, everyone? It's Family Abide, uh, Robert speaking, um, where we talk about um, trying to cultivate character through conversations. Um, I'm going to come at it with a slightly different point. I think everybody's viewpoints are very good and um, helps illuminate some things. Um, I definitely believe um, marriage is a business, but... I'm going to come at it with a slightly different view. I think Barrett's is a business, but it's more than a business because most businesses are transactional. So I only do business with you if it's beneficial. I don't go somewhere and do something if it's not. I don't go and dine at a place or give them my money if it's not mutually beneficial. So from a slightly religious or spiritual standpoint, um, and then also just from a practical standpoint, an old man once told me, it's hard to cheat if somebody sees where the money is. So um, I think that has some truth to it. But all that being said, I, me and my wife, we don't share, we're not, we don't 100% share our bank accounts. We have a joint account. We have some separate accounts. But I can see, I see benefits with both. I just think that, you know, as everyone said before, um, it can be personal, but I don't think it's a, like a hard thing, like a no-no to say, hey, we're going to have accounts together or a no-no to have accounts together. It's always a matter of trust. With any relationship, any business, trust can be broken, but trust can be repaired. So it's about understanding the person that you're doing business with. I don't go to... The, to um, I don't go to Payless don't exist anymore. But if I, if I were to go to Payless, I don't expect Nike products. You know, it's just like, Hey, you got to understand the people you're dealing with, the businesses you're doing with, understand the type of transactions that are going on. And if you go in with your eyes kind of wide open, I think you have a better perspective, even though people can change. Um, I think that you have a better perspective of what you require from each other and hopefully you can learn and grow because sometimes the people who you are when you get married are not the same people you are 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. So the point hopefully is to grow together and not to grow apart. Sometimes people grow apart instead of growing together. Are you a first-generation investor who loves to dabble in the stock market, but you don't really have a plan? If this sounds like you, then you need to check out Ange Matthews' Invested Masterclass. If the name sounds familiar, she's been on the podcast not once, but twice. It's free and available for a limited time only. With the Happy Investor Method, Ange will teach you how to think about wealth and investing differently. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to take control of your financial future. Sign up for the free Invested Masterclass with Ange Matthews today. You can find it at www.investedmasterclass.com. Again, that's www.investedmasterclass.com. I look forward to seeing you there. Now, let's get back to the episode. 
Yes, thank you, Robert. Um, and we'll go to Jonathan. And then I want to kind of backtrack to, because we just hopped right into to marriage. We just skipped all over dating. So um, I want to go back to dating. Uh, so Jonathan. Well, uh, that's that's great, because I, I was going to talk a little bit about dating. Hey, good evening, everyone. Uh, glad to see everybody back uh, uh, for this great Black History Month. Um, but yeah, uh, having those money conversations, I mean, it's hard. Um, I, I, like most of you, are in the social media trends, the TikToks, the, um, the Instagrams, the YouTube. And one of the big, biggest trends in the dating is, what is it, the high value man, the 50-50. I want somebody that makes um, X amount of dollars. And I've studied a lot of where these conversations go. I, yes, I, I do find them a little bit humorous. But the biggest thing is, I think it highlights people's misunderstanding of how much money, what they think takes. Like, for me, uh, I, when I hear um, women say, oh, I want a dude that makes multiple six figures, yeah, that'd be nice. But they're only saying that because they think that's what it takes to attain some of the stuff that they have. Meanwhile, a guy is getting potentially offended because what he's being asked is potentially raising the bar. Uh, and when you look at, uh, I think you guys did mention a little bit about the marriage piece. I did a little bit of video about it. Is marriage, kids, and business, those are the top three things you're incentivized from a tax code perspective. If you're married, you know what I mean, and you have a couple of kids, obviously there's a lot of tax credit there. If you're married and your spouse stays at home, you pay a lower tax bill than a married husband and uh, wife, but it's really the fact of, I think you guys mentioned, yeah, it's tough. You have to really be able to learn how to assess not only a person's behavior, but you have to kind of forecast how would this person act and would they be able to handle the responsibility of where we're trying to go? Uh, what what am I trying to get? Are we trying to have a larger vision uh, for the money? And a lot of people don't really dive deep into Again, the money behaviors, the trauma, as many of you guys always speak of, all those different things. And don't start uncovering the mismatch of the alignment of behaviors until after they've already been married and after um, they've gotten a house and after the 401k has a couple a couple hundred grand. And so you realize you're, you're going to have to take a beating to start this over. I hope uh, that kind of transitions to your point, Tiff, but let me know if I'm, uh, I'm off. <laughs> No, you queued it up perfectly because now my question is going to be, all right, so when you are dating and you are looking at potential suitors, you know, you're doing the whole dating thing, um, what do you all think about knowing that person's credit score? Like, do you want to, do you ask for that? When do you ask for that? Like, what does that look like? What do you think about it? Oh, Marquia. <laughs> I'm tired of falling in love with broke guys. I'm not doing it no more. Tell me your tell me your credit score on the first date so we can go ahead and just cut this shit out. Cause like I will never go through that again. I'm traumatized. Look what what Rakim say that financial trauma. I'm traumatized. This is a trauma response to the life experience that I've had. Tell me your credit score up front. If you you should be proud of it. It's like I don't know why people think it's like a dirty secret anyway. Cause low key, if I got good credit, everybody finna know about it. It's like people who know how to sing in the church. You know how every time you ask you ask them a question, they always try to add a little something something on the end of it. 
people with good credit should want to tell people they got good credit. So I don't see what the big deal is. But no, you finna tell me. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Before I ask a follow up question, uh, go ahead, purpose. Yeah, I never ask because I purposefully, in order to bootstrap my 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 oldest company, completely tanked my personal credit so that I could leverage all that debt to get to where I needed to be because I wasn't getting any loans. I wasn't. I had to do <clears throat> uh, secured credit cards. And then, you know, increase the increase the maximum, uh, you know, amounts on those as much as I could. And then, you know, I used that shit to invest like I, I blew my credit up and I wasn't broke by any means. But my credit was I had like a three something at one point, like I'm not even gonna flex. But I mean, I had one hundred thousand dollars in my savings. I was. You know, I, I own property. I fucking like. I, it's it, it's just one of those things. It's like okay, yeah. You know, some people like I wouldn't hold a sister's previous marital experience against her. Like maybe she got divorced, her husband left her in a bad situation. She had to file bankruptcy. I'm not gonna hold that against her. Matter of fact, I'm gonna help her climb up out of it. You know what I'm saying? So that's just my take on that. Yeah, I totally, I totally see where you're coming from as well. I think I'm in between both of y'all because <laughs> I see both sides. I see both sides for sure. And I'm just like, hmm, like if it was somebody, I can see using your credit as a tool like you're supposed to. But then I also see, okay, but we're using it as a tool or were you just, you know, not caring about it? And I think that goes to, you know, I got to put on my HR hat, uh, looking at the total application, um, you know, looking at all pieces uh, to see and make, so that way you can make a, a good decision. So looking at the total totality of the application, maybe checking references as well. Um, you know, those are some things that are popping in my head, but uh, go ahead, Rakim. Yeah, nah, I um uh, I'm laughing over here because, you know, to Malcolm's point, in in full transparency over the last two years of this entrepreneurial journey, I've blown my credit up too. And um as it relates to dating, I don't know that I would feel comfortable in a situation where I'm like, Oh yeah, by the way, like I'm an entrepreneur, air quotes, and my credit score is XYZ. And yeah, I'm just I'm just struggling right now because there is such a cliche around particularly black men in the hood being entrepreneurs and having bad credit scores that judgment would be passed without that context. And for somebody like me who is a public figure in in, in some regards and a lot of regards if I was to go into a situation dating and I was just to come out with, all right, this is what my financial situation looks like, but, oh, you want to check references? Go Google me. Like, then the focus would be on, oh, what is this guy building? And how could I get in on the ground floor more so than, oh, I'm just interested in this guy because, you know, because, because. So I think that it's an interesting question. And just the second thing that I want to add really quickly is um, there was a statement made by Adrian on the panel that I did at FinCon. Uh, shout out to Adrian. She's not in the room where she was basically suggesting that 
before she would be sexually intimate with a man that she wanted to share credit scores. And not that there was a requirement as far as what the credit score needed to be, but that because of the intimate level of the act that we needed to share, or that rather in that instance, they needed to share that level of intimacy financially. And I thought that that was a really interesting concept that she threw out there. And then, of course, there was like a run of content um, following the week following discussing that. Like, if you are willing to jump into bed with somebody, are you equally willing to show your credit score to that person, regardless of what it is? Mm, that's deep. Um, but I did want to hit on where you said Google me. I'm just like, Google me, baby. Okay. Um, but Jonathan. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I'm I'm with you again. I'm I'm looking more at the trends of the social piece, and I have a huge belief in if we're still talking about the dating or references referencing the dating atmosphere from a male standpoint. What I believe needs to happen is a, there needs to be a huge shift in the rise of leadership of men, and I say that um, as somebody that one of the things that I think led me first with my wife, yeah. I saw out somebody who was uh, vision that wanted to, that I could see that wanted to push, but also knew she wanted to build a home. But she also, when we met, she was financially ahead of me. She had been working for five years, had a good credit score, had savings. But during the time we dated up until we got married, I became stronger than her financially. So my savings outpaced her. My salary did not at that point, but uh, my credit score did outpace her. A lot of things had changed. And so when it culminated in this is a, what I would deem an independent woman making great money, doing her own thing, what I was trying to provide for her and uh, bring to the table, but also set the stage for, hey, this is how we're going to live life. I, I believed there needed to be some proof of concept on my end um, to prove out that she knew I had the knowledge of of money and I knew good decisions to make, but me showing her, oh, I have a higher credit score than you. Me showing her, oh, I have um, savings. And me showing her, oh, this is how I was able to manage my money. And oh, by the way, I took you to Paris and proposed to you. Your, your rings paid in cash, the wedding's paid in cash, all these different, it's not a floss. It's just, these were all indicators to walk her down into the fact that to, when we started the marriage, I believe it started on a higher note of her having higher faith in my ability to make decisions. Yes, I do believe you probably should share the credit report. To my Kim's uh, point, I do believe you need to give full context on what that person is driving at, what are the external factors, all that. Because if you just look at a credit report, yes, you can derive bad decisions and behaviors based off credit card debt or um, a loan or lease or what have you. There are a lot of assumptions that can be made um, and misinterpreted without uh, giving full um, what I what I think is fairness uh, to that person. So I'm a big advocate in this day and age, at least from on a male side, that I would encourage people uh, to men to take the range and, and be like, look, if you're trying to get her to buy into your financial plan, you need to be able to walk walk that talk like it's not it's statistically proven women like stability 
You know what I mean? And if you can't provide that to her, if you can't back it up, what you're talking, then maybe this isn't the right time for you to go forward or you need to reassess how you're making decisions and figure out how am I, how am I going to make these decisions with someone. Thank you, Jonathan. You made some really good points. Um, and there's so many people hands up, so I'm going to try to remember. Uh, let me go with Jay. I'm sorry if I offended, too, because I saw them hands go up, too. Oh, no. that's <laughs> So let me apologize first. Marquia, <laughs> I, I see you got your holy shield on. I'm like, uh. No apologies needed. This is what we're here for, open dialogue, um, because this is important <clears throat> to talk about. Uh, go ahead, Jay. Hey, so yeah, um, we talked about the credit score and I brought this up in the beginning when it was in the marriage. I think it's worth repeating and underscoring that a credit score is just one factor in who someone is and what they can bring to the table. And to Marquia's point of like the trauma and the experiences we've had, I dated someone who did not have the best credit score. But when I tell you, he treated me like a queen and I never felt like I had to convince him to take care of me and he had a plan like he explained how he got to that point with his credit score and he explained what he was doing um to i think it was jonathan's point of like being able to show and provide the stability at the time though i was at howard and i was like "Ooh, i'm popping i'm about to be a future millionaire so i don't know like let me just go find something else in life and i definitely fumbled like was like the one that got away because then i went and dated someone who looked right on paper and who had the credit score and had the great job you know good government job and all of that Y'all jumping the sad face. This okay. He's happily engaged, ironically, to somebody I went to school with. But that's another story for another day. Um, but, like, I went on to date someone who did look right on paper. And that man had no respect for me because he thought him having money meant that he could control me and disrespect me and not value me for what I brought to the table. So while I do think you should have the conversation of the credit score, I think that's just part of overall dating someone. The whole point of dating someone is to see if you are compatible and to see where they're going and if you all are going on the same place and if you want to make that journey and that commitment together. And it's almost like part of having that, um, what do you call it, the, the premarital counseling. Like if you, if you even get to that point of what are you looking at? Because another question I ask that's nothing with credit score is like how often do you go to the doctor? Like are you getting an annual checkup? Because it's not going to look cute if you got all this money and then you mess around and pass out on me because you got high blood pressure you never decided to get that check. Like let's look at the whole picture of what someone is and what they bring to the table. And then even after that, when you are married, I strongly advocate for having an annual conversation, like an annual business discussion of, this is where we are going as a couple. And we're having quarterly check-ins to say, this is our goals and how we're working towards them. And it's okay if we've had some things that knocked us off of our goals, but how are we getting back to that? Like there's just so much that goes into someone besides a number between 300 and 850. And you should be able to have that full discussion. And I think Marquia had her hand up next. I like that annual talk for goals. That's a good idea. Note it for next time. Um, Marquia. I forgot what I was going to say. It's okay, boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, because like, I, 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 it was when, um, oh, so it was when Rakim was talking. And like, I feel like when you was talking about like, you know, how, like convincing them to see like the dream and stuff like that. Like, I guess for me, it's different. Because like, how do I say this without saying this? Like, <clears throat> just say, it. 
I don't. Mm, I don't think you want me to say it. Uh, okay, so think about it like this, right? So you know how, like, there's some women who got like the 90 day rule, right? I'm gonna wait 90 days till I do anything with him, right? Like they gotta, they try to learn all they can about you in 90 days because supposedly, like that, that, that time period is when, like, if you pass their little test or whatever, then they give you some, right? I feel like what's the point of waiting the 90 days to have these conversations about money? Cause like I don't want to start liking you. And then I find out that our financial goals aren't in alignment. You like you out here still trying to hustle a mixtape at 30. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what if, but then I'm like, I like you already. So I'm not going to want to break up with you. And I'm more likely, like, I'm going to try to like, quote unquote, compromise what I set, the standards I set, because I think you're cute and I like you. Like, no, I just think like these conversations should definitely be had like as soon as possible, low key, because I'm not about to waste. Time is precious. Life is entirely too short. For me to wait till six months down the road to start having those 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 conversations about what you're doing with your money, how you living and stuff like that. Like, I don't got six months to waste. <laughs> I, I truly don't. Not coming for the artists. <laughs> All creators are created equal, my Kia. <laughs> <laughs> Can't discriminate. <laughs> my YouTube channel. Oh, uh, all right, purpose. <laughs> Yeah, this is completely out of subject. I just didn't want to be the creep that went to like tapping follow on everybody in the room's profile. So I just wanted to know if it's cool for me to follow you, just like throw a 100 up or something like that. Follow away. Follow away. No. <laughs> Thank you for asking. No. Um, all right. Did you have anything else to add or that was it? All right. Steven? Uh, well, I was actually going to announce that I'm dropping a mixtape, but uh, I don't know if I should. Hey, hey, there goes hey Steve. <laughs> Steve, <laughs> maybe, maybe you can pick up the noises he made in the gym. Right. Steve, <laughs> maybe you can pick up that reality. After he announced that he was a debt free millionaire since 31. Right, right. Right, <laughs> right. The millionaire mixtape. So, Steve, maybe um, you can get that Rihanna demand that everybody's missing out on. Right, 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 well, right. But Rakim, you brought up a good point because what if he's a millionaire now? He's you know did everything he wants to do now. He wants to drop his mixtape. You know? right. Oh man, and probably uh, probably low key got bars too. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw these dollars in your faces. I'm, I'm rocking right. out in these Twitter spaces. Hello. He's been bottling up all the bars all the years trying to build the millions. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right, I'm off. I apologize for taking us off track. <laughs> so, um, what what I was going to say, there were so many things to react to between the, the you know the credit credit score and who pays for what with dates and things like that. Um, uh, so my. I'll just I'll just say for me personally, uh, my mentality uh, has always been. I think you know I've seen it from my dad. My my parents will celebrate fifty three years of marriage uh, as of tomorrow, um, and I think something that served me well in how I look at life as a man is just to say that all of my decisions. I am a hundred percent accountable for, uh, whatever, whatever it is that I do, uh, whatever I get involved in, um, that I kind of take more of a mentality of, Hey, if the, you know, what hits the fan that 
if I view it more as it will be my fault in the end, even even if there may be some situations where legitimately it's actually not, uh, kind of taking that viewpoint uh, helps me sort through a lot of those conversations of when I'll see people talk online about who should pay for what, how long before you pay for meals. I mean, my my mentality is probably a little bit more old schoolish. I'm not mad at the dudes if they want to protect their checks. I think there's a an artful way to potentially go about it of saying, hey, if you want to be more money conscious, uh, to be a little, maybe be more creative in the dating uh, choices, like as far as like what the dates actually will be uh, to try to save some funds. If that's something that's a little sensitive for you. Um, if you do want to do more spending, just saying, Hey, I want to be in a strong financial position before like embarking on that. Um, so that that's probably more my mentality uh, is looking at it like that and assuming if you're dating truly towards marriage, that that does also kind of help clear out some of the noise of dating to, uh, uh, to smash. Sorry. If, if you know if the FCC gonna get me for that, I'm I'm just playing. Uh, but you know, I mean, dating dating to to get it in versus hey, I'm dating you or courting you uh, towards a lifelong uh, relationship. So I I know that not everybody's coming into that dating conversation with the same end goal in mind. So I think that probably helps. And the last thing I'll say too, is just that a, lo a lot of that conversation to me seems to wrap around which gender side is winning the game. And my mentality has always been, if one side is winning, we're both losing. So I, I want to see us win especially people that look like us. So I'll stop there. Mic drop. Oh, <laughs> that was perfect to end on. Um, Cause I'm like, yeah, if one is winning, then we're both losing. Um, anyway. All right. Family about. Uh, Staxi said a lot of good points, man. I, I kind of, I'm like doing a marquee and I'm forgetting some stuff, but um, I, I think what you said at the end about, um, you know, playing on the same team. I I think a lot of times women and men, we, we are in competition with each other at times. And we don't realize that when we become a couple, when we're dating, we're playing on the same team. And I think that hurts relationships. I think that hurts marriages. I think that hurts a lot of things. So um, if we can just realize, Hey, um, it's not really about me getting money. It's not about you getting money. It's like, how is this, how am I supporting the team and supporting the team? Everybody can't be Kobe. Everybody can't be Jordan. There's different parts in way that people support. And 
sometimes I'm just advocating. Sometimes a man can stay home and take care of the kids because he just not, doesn't get as frustrated with the kids compared. And the woman makes, you know, and as a man, you have to be comfortable enough to do that. But a lot of times men are not comfortable, even if they are better with the kids, just because like, hey, my role is to protect and to provide and do other things. But if we understand that we're on the same team, then it really doesn't matter. And I think a lot of times that's what gets caught up in um, relationships. So, and then just one other point about just, and I think this is just a social media thing about we become so materialistic in our society and then realize that sometimes the more money you have, the less emotional um, awareness or IQ that you develop because you feel as though that money will make up for the lack of other things in your life. And people are more willing to deal with you, even though you're lacking other traits that otherwise would be considered unacceptable. So, Yes, thank you for that. I definitely agree that, you know, everybody should play their position. It's not a competition. I've been in relationships like that where um, if I would do something, it was just like, oh, you know, I got to make sure I one up Tiffany. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, this is it. And it just depends on the mindset. Like you said, like if you're trying to work towards something bigger, you can't have that competition competition aspect. It's just not going to work. Um, but Marquia, and then we'll wrap up. You know, when we have this conversation, and I'm sick that I wasn't here from the beginning, but when we have these conversations, we also have to understand that, you know, these conversations rely on a lot of variables right because like what do you define as being sexually intimate right because while some people would consider initial sexual contact being sexually intimate other people have other you know the, the bar is set in different places so you know that's also one thing that I feel like you got to tackle first what do you consider sexual intimacy and do you believe that you know somebody is obligated to tell you about their finances before you can be sexually intimate with them like um it also depends on again like you know what Rock Kim said like the if can I can I sell the dream can I like you know can you see where I'm coming from like yeah I'm not in the best position but do you see where I'm going with this kind of thing um are they willing to be open-minded or are they one of those people who just like this is my checklist and that's it like if you don't got one of these I'm done um or or are you going to meet somebody that's willing to compromise on certain things because they believe in you and what you have the ability to do? So I just think it's really important when we have these conversations, because I really want all of us to walk away from this conversation and have more conversations um, just surrounding, like, first of all, what's the standard? And then are you, if your standard doesn't match the other person's standard, does that automatically mean that they're cut out? Do you have a trial period before they got to pay? Like, you know, like... It's just, I love having these conversations, but we also got to be very careful with just assuming that people mean the same thing as us when we do set these standards or, you know, make these statements and stuff. But I'm still not dating nobody with um, child support in arrears. That's like a non-negotiable, like <laughs> at all. Yeah, because I mean, that that kind of means, well, I mean, uh, I don't think I would either, just because to me, you need to take care of your kids. But then, you know, back to purposes point what if they went through a rough spot because they was trying to build something else bigger for the kids you know I don't know but anyway um <laughs> yeah I just want to close out uh echoing something that Steve said earlier and that's accountability right so when we go into these situations and 
and really what Marquis was outlining, like, you know, selling the dream versus having your ducks in a row. Like, I think about my discomfort in dating in this season of my life, not because I don't think that I'm attractive or that I'm deserving of having a partner or anything like that, but because I know that some of the sacrifices that I have had to make for myself financially are uncomfortable for myself. And so just having the added pressure of having to explain that or having to rely on somebody else's empathy or somebody else's um, vision is is a lot to ask for. I don't think that me being an accountable person to myself or anybody else for that matter is is going to be willing to put anybody through that as I, you know, navigate some some really difficult times uh, financially. And so I think, you know, to Marquia's point, again, the casual dating situation needs to be very clearly outlined in that, okay, yes, we're going out for, for coffee. We're going to go out for dinner. We're going to go out for drinks. But this can't go anywhere because of X, Y, Z thing. Or this can go somewhere, but understand that these are the list of things that I need to get in order before I can fully commit to you, um, mind, body, and soul. I love that. So for people that were just joining, I'm sorry that you missed this good conversation, but some things that I took away from this was to look at the totality of the application when people are, um, you know, when you're on the dating scene and everything, um, hold yourself accountable, um, you know, make sure that you are upfront and, you know, make sure you have these dialogues when you feel like it's appropriate. Because that's another thing that I took away from this conversation as well, is that everybody has different thoughts and perspectives on this. But I think if you're on the dating scene and, you know, you're starting to get kind of serious about someone, make sure you're having a money conversation. I think that's really important um, just for all the points that we made here tonight. Um, it, it's important to talk about this kind of stuff. So anyway, we'll leave off on that note. And I appreciate you all. We appreciate you all coming on our space. It's Fin Noir, a space for Black Money Talk. We do this every Monday at 9 p.m. This particular topic might need a part two um, because it was so much that we still did not cover, even though we covered so much. Um, this one was really good, in my opinion. So uh, make sure that you're following everybody that you see up here uh, because we all are like-minded when it comes to money and we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Y'all have a happy Valentine's Day and happy Black History Month. Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.